ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show. The NFL season is over. We now have to wait 206 days until we get football again. This is the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. The Rams are Super Bowl champions. Congratulations to Melvin, who is an actual Rams fan. There's a few that exist who listens to this program um, and all five of the ones in L.A. What, Stan Cranky, man, owner, what a great guy. Yeah, what a great guy. And in all the right reasons, certainly in the NFL. Congrats to him. Rams beat the Bengals in a Super Bowl that, um, you know, we, we <clears throat> as far as was it a good game or not, I mean, it was an entertaining game. It was. A lot of you are fed up with the last few minutes of the game and the fact that the Rams won and and this or that or the other. Like, you were entertained. That was still a game with less than two minutes to go. It went down to the wire. And as far as grading Super Bowl 56, we got our polls up at ESPN Lafayette on Twitter. 52% 52% of you gave it a B. But more of you gave it a D or an F than an A. 20% of you gave it a C. 16% F, D or F, 13% A. I think B's, I think B's about where you go with it. I think that's I think that's where you go with it. Makes sense. There was some ebbs and flows to it. And and it really felt for a while there like it was playing out exactly how Cincinnati would want it to play out. I was wrong. I said, look, if it's a close game, I trust the Bengals to win. It was a close game, and they didn't. It. You get through the first half. Bengals O-line does a good job on Aaron Donald. And their defensive line essentially shuts down the Rams' run game. And they're only down three. And it's a lot of, okay, those are two things you're worried about. I mean, they were giving up 5.3 yards of ground, a carry, um, excuse me, defensively giving up 5.3 yards on the ground per carry. In the postseason, they're going to try to run it to Cam Akers. And they did hand it off to Cam Akers a lot in the game, and it just wasn't really happening for the Rams. The Bengals' defense was playing really, really well. OBJ was getting open. He had a touchdown. He was making things happen. Then he gets hurt. He leaves the game. He can't come back in. And you're thinking to yourself, man, this Cincinnati here, 
As far as how this game, you would want it to play out and, and how they can potentially win this thing, it's looking good for them. Then the second half starts after a great halftime show. Then the second half starts. One play, boom, 75 yards. Oh, how did they miss that OPI? Yeah. I mean, it was clearly an OPI. It wasn't like an official was standing right there looking at it from that angle where it was easy to see. Now the Bengals are up. They're leading. Oh, wait. Stafford just threw another pick. Bengals get three. Oh, my God. Bengals are up 20 to 13 early in the third quarter. They have all of the momentum, and it really felt like this was their moment. This was their moment. It's all set up for them. Things are going well the way you would like it to go. And from that point on, the Bengals would never score again. Yeah, they scored 10 in the first half, but it came in what? Like the first minute? It, after that, they didn't they didn't get any points again for the rest of the game. For the rest of the game. They hit that field goal, I don't know, 11 minutes to go in the, in the third quarter. Didn't score again. For 25 minutes, they didn't score. And their defense played well. But after that, after that Bengals field goal, the Rams got a field goal. And then it was back and forth. Punt, 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 punt. Three and out for Cincy. Three and out for L.A. Three and out for Cincy. Three and out for L.A. Five-play drive for Cincy where they actually ended up with negative two yards. Punt. Punt by Rams. Punt by Cincy. I mean, they, they, the Rams had three straight three and outs, and McVeigh is getting roasted, and the game is sitting there hanging in the balance. And a big, a big reason why Cincinnati could not get anything going offensively was that Aaron Donald essentially was starting to take over. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. And so it's back and forth. It's a four-point game, and it's, it's I don't want to say it's feeling stale, even though the offenses can't get anything going, because it's the Super Bowl, and it's a one-possession game, and the stakes couldn't be any higher. Then with 6.13 to go in the fourth quarter, the Rams go on their 79-yard drive. And as Tony Dungy put it, the officials were determined to ignore every violation when the ball was in play and only call false starts, delay a game in taunting, and maintain that posture for 58 minutes and 39 seconds, and then they decided they were going to start officiating. As Tony Dungy said, quote, that was bad. It was a weak call. It was a, that 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 it would have been fourth down. McVeigh would have had a big decision to make. Is fourth and goal from what the eight? Do you take three there? Do you take the points with three timeouts? They probably still go for it. They had four penalties in the first fifty-eight minutes. Four. That was it. That was it. 
And then what? They had four in the last minute and a half? Uh-uh. Unnecessary roughness, offensive holding. Penalty, yeah. Penalty on Eli Apple. Eli Apple, oof. People don't like Eli Apple. Tough night for him. Then the OPI earlier, you, you had you had, fi- you had four in the first fi- 58 minutes, and you had four the rest of the game. One of which those four was, you know, poor Jabroni for Cincinnati was on IR running out on the field to celebrate an interception. Unsportsmanlike conduct on the guy in street clothes. So there were there were some, whether it be a no call or a bad call, the, the refs. Unfortunately, they're not the main topic of discussion after the Super Bowl. But they're they they are a little bit of the, the fact that they're in the discussion isn't a good thing. No, I don't think the NFL is rigged, as I saw all over the place. But I respect your right to believe that, especially when you've got some. Evidence that suggests they just love the Rams. Okay. I don't think it was fake. I just, I, I, even at that point, as bad as Cincy's O-line was just getting destroyed in the second half. And as much as Joe Burrow's knee looked shot whenever he limped off and came back into the game, you're thinking to yourself, man, there's, since he has two timeouts, Plenty of time left, you know, this, when they got the ball back, there's a minute 25 left with a touchback. And then it, it happens so quickly because you have a 17-yard pass to Jamar Chase, a nine-yard pass to Tyler Boyd. It's second and one, and they're at midfield. It's second, they've crossed midfield. You've got McPherson with his foot. The super kicker. You're like, at the very least, Cincinnati's going to get this thing into OT. These are the moments where Joe Burrow, even when the odds are stacked, hit, this is it. And then Zach Taylor decides, all right, we're going to try to catch him off guard. We have P. Ryan in it running back instead of mixing because he's our blocking guy. We're going to hand him the ball just to get the first down and move the sticks. Eh. Well, first on second and one, it was no huddle. Burrow went deep to, to Jamar Chase. He was going for something big there. It didn't work. Then it's the Piran play, and then on fourth and one, with Aaron Donald lined up clearly in the neutral zone, by the way. Just completely, completely wreaks havoc. Gets to Burrow. Burrow, you know, is trying to waddle out this little... Basically, his arms were wrapped up, so he had about the, the, the arm length of a penguin with its wings. He flaps this ball out just with a prayer, and it sails incomplete, and that's the ball game. It happened so quickly. You know, the timeout after the P. Ryan call, and then that was it. Rams one play. Matt Stafford takes a knee, which gives him officially three rushes for the game. So over-under on rushing totals two and a half. He hits the over. Shout out Chris Lano, who said take that bet. A lot of betting, a lot of chatter, a lot of drama. A lot to talk about. But the game itself, first half was entertaining. 
it began to lull a little bit in the third and into the fourth with all the punts, and yet you felt like one play is going to change this thing. Cooper Cup was named MVP, and on that final drive, they were just going to him the whole time, and everyone knew it, and he still made plays, but he was great. You could have given it to him or Aaron Donald either way. But the Rams won a Super Bowl in L.A. Good for them. Don't worry, guys. Cincinnati will be back. You say that. Ugh. First of all, guys, let's not let's not forget. I mean, Joe Burrow might be that dude, but we're still talking about the Bengals here. Okay. Saying they'll definitely get back at no. No. You you never know. It's so hard to get back to a Super Bowl. Incredibly hard. They don't have a history of being the most well-run franchise. Yeah, they've got a great quarterback, a young core, but you just don't know. I mean, they were, what, 10-7 and in the regular season? Not surprised at anyone next year. When you get to the game, you have to strike. Look at the teams in the NFC South. Saints have only been to one. All the other teams in the division have been to two. Carolina and Atlanta got there twice, couldn't get it done. Tampa Bay got there twice, won both times. When you get there, you better win it. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Phone lines are open for you all morning. Your thoughts on the game, the halftime show. I would tell you, share me your thoughts on the commercials. I wasn't really watching the commercials, to be honest with you. I can't, I can't, it doesn't hit like it used to. It doesn't, like, I don't know, I'm just busy handling the kids or making something or distracted when the commercials are on. I know somebody's going to have some compilation of like the best ones. If I really want to go watch it, I'm on my phone. I'm placing in-game prop bets. I mean, it's just different now. Back in the day, you know, when the internet was in its infancy stages, you're not on the AOL during a game. No, you're just sitting there with a crew or by yourself, whoever you're watching the game with, and you are intently watching each commercial. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm interacting or I'm on the phone or I'm doing something other than that. So I can't really comment on any of those things. I remember a few. Like I I was watching a few. The one where the guy had the, the Pringles box stuck on. That's the only, the only one I remember. The Pringles thing stuck on his arm. That was funny. That was good. Hit me up. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Uh, a couple of things. I want to uh, congratulate the uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, for winning this year's Super Bowl. Um, the first person I thought of, I've never met this man in my life. You know, I called him out a couple of times, especially uh, when the Bucks made their run. Their run. Uh, I want to congratulate Melvin. Um, that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. Real, the only Rams uh, yeah, fan I know. Good for him. I mean, he was uh, he was the only person I could think of, too, because I don't know any other Rams fans except him, but he's always been one. I, the first time I talked to him was like 17 years ago. You know, the Rams were in St. Louis. They were – he would, he would call and talk about his Rams. So <laughs> i give it to him. Oh, man, I heard, you know, uh, um, heard some people yesterday, you know, I can just hear the – the excitement in their voices, thinking that the Bengals had a shot, you know, thinking that the Bengals were going to win this game. And, man, I felt good. It felt great, Scott, to see the long faces walk out the bar. 
for the Bengals loss. Um, you know why? Because you know why? The referees almost blew this game, man. That no call, um, Scott receiver name beat a God, man. I forgot his name. When T. He beat, Higgins uh, grabbed Jalen Ramsey's yeah, face yeah. mask. It was an OPI. It was not called. It was easy to see on the replay. I don't. I don't remember. I think the where the official was positioned on that play. I don't remember him being positioned where he's like looking right at it. I don't know what his angle was on it. Um, you know, I. It, it, was it a missed call? Absolutely. I think when you see guys sort of grab jerseys or make a lot of contact before a play, it's easier to call. But those officials, they didn't call anything for fifty-eight minutes and thirty, you know, thirty seconds. They. They had four penalties the entire game until the last minute and a half, and then they had four more, just like that. Um, it was, it was, I don't know. It was, it was odd. Uh, Beckham, uh, his injury. He's you can you can see well, you know, the game plan. You know, going to him on third down. Cup, Cup is covered. Uh, like you said, Cup, Cup is just a, a nice football player. You know, he runs routes that that key run. Yeah, fourth and fourth, one, man. They they, they, they didn't run that play to him this year. If he gets the wrong angle. No, you know, Norman and I were, were getting into arguments last week about Cooper Cup, and I, you know, I, I he was like, oh, he's not going to do this, that. He's, he, statistically, it's it's one of the greatest wide receiver seasons statistically ever, um, especially when you count the postseason. Yeah, speaking of that. He he set a postseason record, you know, for most receptions yeah. and yards. And I mean, that last drive, everyone knew it was going to him, and he still he still got it. And um, I don't know, man. He's speaking it, of you could have given it to him or Aaron Donald in terms of the MVP. I know people were debating one or the other. I mean, those two guys, I feel like, kind of took over the game for for the Rams there in the second half. Whenever, whenever the defense, excuse me, whenever. Um, since he had a lead in the Rams offense is going three and out consistently, it's Aaron Donald that's the biggest difference maker. And then when the offense had to have plays, it was Cooper Cup that was making the play at the most, you know, crucial time. Speaking of receivers, Bengal receiver dropped a crew boy, dropped a oh, crucial one. Dude, his first drop all year. Yeah. Yeah. Took his yeah. eyes off of it, man. I mean the Bengals their their uh, offense was terrible in the second half. They had the long touchdown. And 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 it was an OPI, and then that was like that was it, yeah. Because on the field goal, it's off of a pick. They you know they they got eleven yards on that drive. Then they had, um, geez, four punts in a row, four, and then the final drive of the game where you know they turned it over on downs. They had two good plays, and then they couldn't get a yard. I mean, Zach Taylor offensively you know, called an awful game in the second half, and some of that again is Aaron Donald what the Rams did, but. Yeah, it, it. If they just have a little bit more offense in the second half, just a tiny bit, they're Super Bowl champions today. Uh, Mixon, little touchdown pass. <laughs> it was um, only thing Cup did wrong, man. And, and I, I, you know, it, it's cool uh, on that reverse, and he threw it to uh, Stafford. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. If he throws that on the money, that that was it. The the safety. Um, that yeah, had the I, I was thinking that too. Like, that man, guy that, that Bates. Bates was coming. He he would have laid. He would have laid Stafford out, man, because he he had a beeline on him. But yeah, he overthrew um, him. 
Hendrickson, I thought he had a sack, right? Right out the gate, yeah, right out the gate. Had a yeah. sack on uh, like the first possession of the uh, game for L.A. and didn't get back there. You know, Whitworth had that assignment. Um, I mean, H- Hendrickson made, he, he, he had pressure all night, though. I mean, even whenever he wasn't uh, sacking him, he was still being disruptive. He's a great player, man. I mean, that was Cincinnati. They they don't, you know, their owner doesn't spend tons of money on. He's not going to like sign a free agent where it's like the biggest deal out there. But they sign a lot of they sign a lot of guys to sort of these. I don't know. It's like you're not going to buy the cheapest car on the lot, but you're definitely not going to buy the most expensive car on the lot. So, you know, give me a mid-sized vehicle. It's got, you know, a give few a bells Camry. and whistles. Yeah, something like that. Give I mean, they, they sign yeah. a bunch of this, those on defense, and it it does make a difference. Um, but, you know, Eli wasn't uh, wasn't the Camry last night. That, that guy, he was uh, everyone on social media. I mean, granted, it was just my timeline, but there were – you got backup receivers from, you know, teams that don't even win roasting the guy on social. I'm like, oof. It's gonna be a bad. He better just not log into Twitter tonight. My thing is this, man. If Joe Burrow, man, a great player, he's not gonna last in this league if they don't give this man any help. If they don't give this man any blocking, um, I thought. I know. I think he was kind of banged up a little bit. I know they checked out Stafford. It was kind of a wild Super Bowl when it came to like injuries and just you know that Beckham injury. Um, Right there on yeah. the turf, anyway, man. man. It was bad. I would, I would love to hear Melvin if he's uh, calling in. I would love to hear his thoughts. Uh, like you said, uh, an actual Rams fan. You know, I did I did root for the Rams. I'm sure you already knew that. Um, but like I said, man, it felt good to see the long faces walk out the boy. Man, Have a good just one. hates the Bengals. Just hates the Bengals. Joe Burrow, to, to his point, I, mean, I was rooting for Cincinnati. To his point, Burrow is not going to last. Yes, he is tough as hell, and, and Matt Stafford's tough as hell too. I mean, talking about playing through some some injuries, but he got sacked. I mean, Joe Burrow got sacked nineteen times this postseason. Nineteen times in the second half. If they could get just a little bit more time, a little bit more composure after the first. Touchdown throw, which again was OPI. After from that point on, they they couldn't do anything, nothing. And you can't convince me that if the O line isn't better, they 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 could have made something happen there. This is facts. Everyone's talking about the late pass interference or Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald or. Yada, yada, yada. After the 75-yard touchdown that, you know, should have been OPI, but it wasn't called, the Bengals, 11 yards. This is their drives. Drive, 11 yards. Punt. Next drive, punt. Negative three yards. Next drive, punt, five yards. Next drive, punt, negative two yards. Next drive, 24 yards, punt. Next drive, 26 yards, turn it over on downs. They had 61 yards the rest of the game. 
on offense after that touchdown. Their defense did really well. All things considered, you can look at the last drive and they had trouble with Cooper Cub and Eli Apple got smoked and all that other stuff. The defense for Cincinnati really played well. I would say for the majority of the game. Most of the ingredients you needed for Cincinnati to win, you figured they'd probably have to be a close game. You'd want Burrow to have a chance late. You'd want them to get into Rams territory where McPherson would have a shot to kick a long one. These things happened. But so did Aaron Donald. Rams beat the Bengals. So, here's a little trivia for you to think about during the break. This was the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll give you a trivia question in a minute. Let me give you a weather update for it first. From the uh, Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips, your forecast today. Mostly sunny, a high of 68. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 40. In the upper 30s out there right now. Be careful out on the road. Vehicle accident being reported over at uh, 4027 U.S. Highway 90 in Broussard. And a accident at 2800 Gloria Switch Road. Be safe out there. So Joe's, could Joe win a Super Bowl? Joe's have won a lot of Super Bowls. Joe's, as far as starting quarterbacks go, are now 7-3 and three in Super Bowls. Now, I'll tell you, one of them was a loss by a quarterback named Joe Cap for the Vikings in like Super Bowl 4 or 5. Other than that, Joe. All of, so let's take that one off the table. So that's one of the losses. But after last night, Joes are now seven and three. Can you, can you can you name the other Joes? What about Mats? Starting quarterbacks named Mats are now one and two in Super Bowls. Can you name the two that have lost games? Give you the answer to that. You'll hear Joe Burrow post game last night. We'll keep the phone lines open at three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. I know Cajun softball, um, talk about domination, good Lord. They had quite a start to the season. I know um, fans were frustrated with Cajun hoops. We're going to get into a lot more of that stuff as the week goes on. A lot of today will be centered around last night's Super Bowl in the end of the NFL season. Can you name the other Joe, Joes in Super Bowls as starting quarterbacks are now 7-3 and three after last night? Matt's are 1-2. and two. Can you name the other players? Think about it. Give it a few minutes. I'll give you the answer when we come back right after this. This is ESPN Live. We had best ticket in sports. 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM. For those of you listening via the stream worldwide, anywhere, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Wheel Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. And I won't miss the way that you kiss me. We were never carved in stone. Hey, this is Rich Eisen. You can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. He peaked athletically in the seventh grade. Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game. It's The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports.
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Bottom of the hour, Super Bowl Fifty Six, SoFi Stadium. Another team wins the Super Bowl in their home stadium two years in a row. That place. Rams in their own stadium in the Super Bowl, the chance to win the game late, and that place sounded like a library. Just saying. It was rocking during halftime, though. All right, so uh, Jay is emailed. He got the uh, the trivia questions correct. Your Mats that have been starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowls are now one and two. So Matt Stafford got the win. Your other losses, Matt Hasselbeck. And, of course, who can forget 28-3. to three. Matt Ryan. As far as your Joe quarterbacks, the losses, I gave you one of the losses because, you know, it was it was a long time ago. Joe Cap for the Vikings. And Joe Burrow last night. Your other loss was a guy named Joe Thiesman who decided he was going to change the pronunciation to Thiesman in his campaign to try to win a Heisman. Joe Thiesman is also one of the seven Super Bowl victories by Joe's. Theisman won one, Flacco won one, Namath won one, Montana won four. There you have it. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Jay Scott. Yeah. How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Um, Talking about the game last night. The uh, the final score to me, that's just me, was not indicative of how uh, bad I think Joe Burrow played. Because if you look at his numbers, they're going to say he was 23 or 33 or something like that, 23 yards, a touchdown pass. But let's think about it. If you adjust these numbers for a lot of things that happened, I mean, the first touchdown pass was thrown by a halfback. Uh, the second touchdown pass was not a touchdown, really, if, uh, if the right call was made. And the fact that in the second half, he was non-existent. Now, all it comes down to the fact is the score is not indicative that the Rams were the better team. Uh, when you also take in consideration um, that there were not a lot of calls in the beginning of the game, um, but... I think you indicated that it was odd that it was at the end of the game, but I've been watching a lot of NFL games over the years, and if you are on a game-winning drive, that's that's the most of these I think that occur at all because the other the opposing team is almost doing anything it can to stop you from scoring, meaning that it's gonna it's gonna they're gonna hold, hopefully get away with it. They're gonna do everything possible for that drive not to for that win. That winning touchdown won't happen. So I'm, I don't think it's really odd that there was more calls at the end. Um, I thought it was a good game, but um, 
I just want your thoughts on some of the things I just said. Well, I, I you know, I, I didn't. I remember seeing a stat last night from Next Gen Stats. Um, as far as in every Super Bowl, there had never been you know a game where there were only four penalties called in the in the first fifty eight minutes, and then four in the last two that were equal amount. Um, that's never happened before, ever. Uh, in a Super Bowl, so I, I won't say that it's it's super common. Um, you know, as far as Burrow goes, he to your point, you take away the seventy five yard pass. It's I wouldn't say it was bad. I would say it was mediocre because he didn't turn the ball over, which was which was a big part of it. Um, <clears throat> you know, which I think whenever you get sacked seven times, uh, I think you have to factor that into the whole idea of not turning it over either. You know, a lot of guys are going to take that pounding. A lot of guys might try to do a little too much. Um, so I, I think you take away the seventy-five yard touchdown. It's a, you know, it's it's a mediocre performance. You look at the stats. You say, yeah, it was pretty good. Twenty-two of thirty-three, two sixty-three, a touchdown. You know, didn't didn't pick it off. But you can't like, you have to factor in the fact that, especially in the second half, he was under pressure immediately. Pretty much every single drive, any time they tried to throw the ball. I mean, the old line got totally cooked in the second half. Well, if Odell Beckham wouldn't have gone down in this game, this probably would not have been a close game at you know, all. I mean, you can't you can't prove that. I mean, you could say a lot of ifs, ifs, ifs. I mean, it it was a close game. Burrow played above average. Bengals lost in a game that honestly, a lot of things unfolded that should have. A lot of things they would need to happen for them to win. I mean, they, they just lost the game, and they were plus two in turnovers. They just lost the game, and they held the Rams to 43-yard rushing, less than two yards a carry. Like, they, they had more yards per play than the Rams in terms of average yards per play. Um, they, a lot of things unfolded, and you would look at a stat sheet and say, man, this is time of possession. I mean, it was maybe separated by like a minute, so it wasn't lopsided there. They just... You know, I mean, the Rams had more talent at the top, and it showed last night, especially on the defensive line. I mean, that was the big talking point going in, and it's why some people thought the Rams were going to run away with it. As it turns out, they didn't, you know, they didn't cover the spread. They don't care. They won the Super Bowl. Um, But I thought in the second half it was their D-line, and then on their last offensive drive it was Cooper Cup. I mean, those were the two, to me, biggest takeaways of the second half. Uh, And one of my takeaways is that Sean McVeigh, has a Super Bowl, but I was not impressed with his play calling in the second half. Oh, he was getting... I mean, we're so in the moment, right? But yes, in the second half, I mean, they had three consecutive three and outs. It was like, run, nothing, run, nothing, third long pass, incomplete, let's punt again. Like, it was... There there was a stretch there that if Cincinnati could have done anything offensively, even just get a field goal, the game probably is different, but... um, you know, Aaron Donald and the Rams defense was they were awesome in the second half and they they pretty much shut it down. Cincinnati's offense was terrible in the second half and the Rams defense had something to do with that. Well, I'm in agreement with you. At the end of the day, the top in talent won. Anyway, thank you, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate the call. I mean, we can always say if, if, if. I I get it. If this, if that, but if if Cincinnati could do anything offensively, yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't. Again, take away the 75-yard touchdown from Burrow to Higgins, which there was a missed OPI call on the play. 
Cincinnati had 61 yards of offense the rest of the game. One field goal, which came on a drive where they they got 11 yards because it was after the interception. Four punts and a turnover on downs. They're just hanging on. And it almost worked. And they, on the final drive, within two plays, they got into Rams territory. At the very least, if you get nine more yards, maybe eight more yards, you're in McPherson, dude, that guy. I mean, of all the kickers, I get he's only a rookie, but if you had to hit like a 57-yarder to send it to OT, is there another kicker you would have more confidence in than that kid? But they couldn't even, it was second and one, they couldn't, in three plays, they couldn't even get a yard. They didn't need much more to at least possibly send it to overtime. And Aaron Donald was like, nah. And oh, by the way, shout out Aaron Donald and Sean McVay. They're not retiring, guys. Aaron Donald is not retiring. McVay sure as hell ain't retiring. But I tell you what, they might get a little more money, a little bit of a raise, a little bit of a payday. I would, I actually, I mean, Aaron Donald, if I don't think either of them are about to retire. But I promise you, McVay's not. Well, you know, I, you know, I want to start a family. It's like, dude, you're 38. You just won the Super Bowl. Like, stop. Or 36. You're not, you're not, you're not retiring. You just want to be the highest paid coach in the league. And you know what? Teasing retirement, winning a Super Bowl is probably going to get you that raise to where that's going to happen. Let's head back to the phone lines. 337-269-1077 for anyone that wants to jump in on the show. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Morning, Scott. What's up? Hey. What the NFL deserved was for the Super Bowl to end on that G. Higgins, Jalen Ramsey play. I don't care about the Bengals and Rams winning. I just wish that would have happened, you know. Yeah, no, I I saw way too many Saints fans getting ahead of themselves with that. I was like, guys, come on. Like, you know, (laughs) we don't want to hear about no calls, this, that. First of all, that it was an it it was an obvious OPI when you see the replay. Um, Where was the official position on that play? Right. This isn't like in the midst of all of these players. You know, the the throw is a few yards from the line of scrimmage. He I mean, Higgins slid that if you were going to. You're going to get away with an OPI. He did it about as as efficient as you could. He did. I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting it wasn't. What I'm suggesting is I'm not, I don't think the officials, like, in terms of, boy, that was an easy call to make. Go go look at where he's positioned and see if he can see that. You know what I mean? It it was, it was, it was not one of those things where it was like, oh, my God, that was the most obvious either call or non-call that we've ever seen. It wasn't like that at all. Um, and you know, he, he gets in and then Saints fans are all, Hey, you know, Rams, ha ha. Remember this? And then lo and behold, you know, they get the benefit of uh, at best questionable PI call late that helped them eventually oh, set up dude, for a touchdown. That was, so that was, that was obvious that <laughs> it might've been like a makeup call, you know, but well, the very next play they bad. called holding on, on the Rams. I don't know. You could suggest maybe that was a makeup call, yeah, but they, they didn't even, they didn't even highlight it on the replay because they were talking about Von Bell's helmet to helmet. And so the penalty's offset and eventually, you know, let's just throw it Apple OPI. Let's just throw it Apple again. Okay. Touchdown. Um, and that, you know, that that's, good. that's what you need to do. I mean, for McVeigh, for all of his bad play calling through, you know, most of quarter three and four, on that last drive, uh, at some point, he's like, let's just attack number 20. That that that, that could work. 
Hey, what did you think about the, the Super Bowl halftime show? I thought it was great. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was, it was good, right? Yeah, I mean, I, a lot, you I know, a, lo- like, a lot of those songs were around when I was like, you know, in high school and college and right. stuff. And I, uh, I don't know, man, it, it it felt nostalgic. I liked it. I, I didn't like. I don't. I I know who Kendrick Lamar is. I know he's, you know, an Emmy winner right. and uh, not Emmy winner, Grammy winner and really fame. I just don't know his stuff, right? But you know, exactly, all the, yeah. all the old like Snoop and Dre songs and Eminem and even. 50, I wonder how long 50 Cent was hanging upside down. Dude, it was so great. The meme that came out yeah. about 50 Cent hanging upside yeah. down. Yeah, there were some were great ones. were just like ones. amazing. There were some great hey. ones. No, halftime, half oh, honestly, I was I watched the first half at um, my... Yeah, it was uh, like 18 and 2000. That was like around, was. you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. There was a lot of people there, and I had to go home after halftime because I had to get some of my kids down, but... All of us, everybody was like, no, we're not. Everyone's like, no one's leaving during halftime, right? Everyone there. And there were a bunch of kids. They were all just watching. And they were like, why are y'all like, you know, dance? like, I don't know. It was, and Dr. Dr. Dre, to his point, uh, excuse me, to his credit, it, you know, we had a car last week. I think Jay was like, it's, uh, he felt like, he's like, this whole thing is just going to be a big, you know, homage to Dre. And in a lot of ways it was, but he owned the moment. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. he, he he knew when he it was, when he put up when he was on the uh, grand piano playing. Yeah, it was just it like, was his. It, he was comfortable. It was his show. He knew that it was his show, and he ruled it, man. Uh, the set was not. The set was awesome, but it was not like overly done. I thought it was cool, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it was, was on not, the DJ table or whatever. He didn't have to like. like he didn't have to like change it out a whole bunch. He just moved from one to the other. It was. I dug it, man. The only the only Super Bowl, it the only like halftime show like, that was better was Prince. Because how are you going to top Prince yeah. playing Purple Rain right. in the rain? But outside of that, that was probably my second and favorite halftime show ever in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And last thing, uh, you talked about the Pringles can one. The only thing that would have topped that commercial is if the baby would have came out with a Pringles can. Or if the baby would have tried to like stick his hand in the Pringles can and got stuck. Yeah. It's like kind of like the circle of life thing. So anyway, the commercial I remember. I didn't see them all, but yeah, it was the only one I remember. Oh, dude. And I got hyped for the new Jurassic World. I didn't know that the the old cast was going to be in there. Yeah. Man, I don't know. That threw you hyped me up for it. Anyway, it up. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. I feel like there there is a comparison that can be made between... This Jurassic World Dominion. Is that what it's being called? Dominion? There is, to me, an obvious comparison that can be made about the Jurassic World Dominion and how an aspect of how this film is being marketed and how it relates to both Sean McVay and Aaron Donald. I'll explain next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, Best Ticket in Sports. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. He was the 1991 state champion in Nintendo. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. CSB and Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, they were showing some previews of it during the Super Bowl, and um, the fact that they're—it's not that they're mixing the two casts together from the original Jurassic Park. Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and then the newer Jurassic Worlds, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard. It's the fact that they're saying, like, this is it. The final film of the franchise. The epic conclusion of the Jurassic era. Yeah, no, I'm not buying that. It had a $165 million budget. It's going to make a lot of money. Way more than 165 mil. Trust me. Even in today's age of streaming and some movies streaming while they're at the theaters. All that stuff, okay? And coining it as the epic conclusion or the most likely, that means like coining something as the epic conclusion isn't a guarantee it's the final film of a franchise, but you're promoting it as such. And guess what? It's going to help it make even more money. So for Sean McVay, I'm Sean McVay. You know, I don't think I can do this forever. Come on, bro. You're not Bill, but you're not in your 70s. You're 36 years old. You just turned 36 like a few weeks ago. Suggesting that, you know, he might retire. Aaron Donald. That's a beast, my goodness. Aaron Donald, who is the best defensive player in football, who's 30, who has quite the resume, suggesting that he might retire. It's all just part of this epic conclusion teaser when it's not actually the conclusion it's just a play to get more money and i don't and i and i'm cool with it i respect it there is no way in hell mcveigh is retiring there's no way aaron donald's about to retire and there is no way that jurassic world dominion is going to be the last film of the franchise it's going to make a lot of money maybe it's a spin off a prequel something But come on, we're not that stupid. You see the parallel? The final conclusion. Okay. Ooh. Oh, and they have the whole whole cast is there, and this is the last one? Oh, I got to see this. No. Will the Rams get back to the Super Bowl? I don't know, man. You know, they don't have a lot of draft capital, and you know what? It doesn't matter because the Rams... Was I rooting for them? No. Do I like the franchise of the Rams? No. Do I respect that the Rams put all their chips on the table and say, we're going all in? Yes. Yes. When you have an opportunity and the window is open, do whatever you have to seize it for a championship. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. 
You never know if you're going to get back. You're not going to care if you have, well, cap issues or not enough young players, not enough draft picks, not enough this, that. In a few years from now, I'm not going to, I take that back. I shouldn't say you're not going to care. But if you're a smart fan and a reasonable one, if you're one of those 17 Rams fans out there, Melvin's one of the 17, you would tell yourself, well, it was worth it. You got a championship. It was worth it. Heck, the last two years, you had two teams winning their own stadium, and their team was largely put together with players who wanted a ring. Top heavy. Guys going somewhere. I mean, Gronk's never playing for Tampa if Brady isn't there. You don't have guys taking lesser money and salary to go play with Tampa last year. They, they, they wanted a ring. Rams put all their chips on the table. They made a lot of trade. You look at what Von Miller did in that game last night. He was great. Heck, Eric Weddle tore his peck. They signed him off the street. He hadn't played in a while. He wins the Super Bowl. Now that one's not really so much of a major signing. But without him, they don't win it, right? He doesn't come in there and fill in. The trade for Odell. He had that touchdown in the first half. He was getting open. The trade for Matt Stafford, obviously. The moves that they make with the present in mind and future be damned worked because they won a Super Bowl. And you can hate them or you can like them, you can respect them, you, whatever. Feel how you want to feel about it. But I will never dog a team that's making moves in the short term if it's for a championship. Now, it's one thing if you make stupid moves in the short term and you're nowhere close to a championship. Come on. Rams blow it. Can't beat the Niners in the final game of the season. Saints fans were upset. Then the Rams don't lose again. Al Michaels. Was that Al Michaels' last Super Bowl call last night? Guy's called 11 Super Bowls. And he was great. He was great. He was on top of it like he always is. But his contract with NBC is up. Al is also, gosh, how old is Al Michael? 75, 76, I think. My bad, 77. Feels like that that was probably it for Al. He kind of teased a possible farewell from NBC in the in the intro last night. Said I'll in, you know, introducing Chris Collinsworth for the final time. If I had to guess. He's probably the play-by-play guy for those Amazon games next year. Beginning next season, Amazon Prime's doing 15 games on Thursdays exclusively. You'll be able to see the game if, if, if it's a team in your home market. So, if, you know, if the Saints are playing on a Thursday, you don't have to have Prime. It'll come on you know, your regular basic cable TV. But everywhere else, every other game, you're going to need Prime to watch it. And Prime has as deep of pockets as anything. They'll probably pay it pay they'll probably pay it pay out a lot. It's a big name. It's fifteen games. He's older. It probably won't be a long term deal. That's probably where Al's gonna be next year. And Amazon probably ain't never, you know, getting the rights to a Super Bowl. So that was probably it for Al in terms of the biggest 
stage. And the guy has been a part of some of the biggest in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, in the Olympics, in the NBA. He has done it all. Michelle Tafoya as well on the sideline, her final game, retiring. So shout out to the broadcasters. Bottom of the hour, we're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. We've got Rage of Cajun softball just, I mean, do, complete domination over the weekend. And and I know that today that's not really a big focal point, but I promise you we're going to talk Cajun sports later in the week. We will have conversations with Coach Glasgow, Coach Marlin, Coach Broadhead, and Coach Deggs this week. UL Baseball gets their season underway this Friday. But today the main conversation is the Super Bowl. If you missed it earlier, a little trivia for you. I'll tell you the the all-time record for starting quarterbacks named Joe in a Super Bowl is now 7-3. and three. For Matts, it's 1-2. and two. We'll give you the others, the names, the Joes and the Matts. And speaking of Joes, Joe Burrow, his comments after the Bengals season came to an end and came up just short. Can Cincinnati get back to the Super Bowl? If I was a betting man, I guess I can say I am a betting man. I usually say if I was a betting man and I'm not, I bet a little bit. I'm not great at it. Though my two hit last night on the first play and the last play of the game. Literally, I'll explain. Don't go anywhere. Plus, open phone lines at 269-1077-337-269-1077. All of that and more coming your way next hour. Don't go anywhere. This is The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette, ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station. ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. To the Great Scott Show. Been a fun morning talking about Super Bowl 56. The halftime show, the game, all of it. Your phone calls as well, 337-269-1077, A lot of people say it, eh, didn't like the ending. I didn't like the ending. I thought it was... You didn't like the ending because you're rooting for the Bengals. If you were rooting for the Rams, if you're one of those 17 fans, then you really did like the ending. Shout out Raymond Kale, world champ. Yes, he's on IR. He gets a ring. The Brobridge native, Cecilia standout, Ragin' Cajun standout, won a Super Bowl last night. Your other two Louisiana connections were OBJ, Odell got a Super Bowl. Although I thought it was odd. He's like, I want to win this Lombardi for the city of New Orleans. What? <laughs> what? What, is, what are they going to do with a Rams Super Bowl trophy? Not what you'd want them to do, I'll say that. And uh, Andrew Whitworth, big wit, 40, oldest starting left tackle in NFL history. And had a tough assignment last night against Trey Hendrickson. 
but uh, the Monroe native, former LSU Tiger, longtime Bengal, won a Super Bowl in a year that I, I'm sure is likely his last. Unlike McVeigh and Aaron Donald, Whitworth actually will retire. Our Twitter poll over at ESPN Lafayette asking you to grade the Super Bowl. Put it up last night. 51% of you gave it a B. 20% C. 14.5% A. 14.5% a D or an F. Okay. Okay. The other side of it was grade the halftime show. 59% A. 16% B. 14% C, 10% D or F. Go ahead and vote over at ESP and Lafayette. Joe Burrow, the third loss in a Super Bowl by a starting quarterback named Joe. Joe's are 7 and 3 in Super Bowl history. Joe Cap the Vikings quarterback when they lost to the Chiefs a long time ago. The Purple People Eaters couldn't get it done. They were awesome, but couldn't get it done. The Vikings uh, quarterback, Joe Cap, Joe Thiesman, better known by his changed name, not his birth name, of Joe Thiesman, was 1-1 one one in Super Bowl. So that's the other loss, and of course, one of the seven wins. Joe Flacco, Joe Namath, and then four by Joe Montana. As far as Matt's go, Matt Stafford is the first Matt to win a Super Bowl as the starting QB. They are one and two. The other losses, Matt Ryan. I mean, who can forget 28 to three? And Matt Hasselbeck. Another trivia coming up for you. Think about this one for a minute. Last night marked, by my account, the second Super Bowl with two starting quarterbacks who played in the SEC. What was the other? What was the other? I'll give you the answer in a little bit. So, I got emails as well. Scott at ESPNLafayette.com hit me up. Here's an email from Emmanuel. Scott, I heard a call from a listener last hour, and he suggested that Joe Burrow didn't play all that great if you take away the 75-yard touchdown. One, you can't take it away. And two, what was he supposed to do behind that line? Emmanuel, I appreciate the call. I think if 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 you take away the 70, yeah, it was OPI. You don't take it away. It happened. It's in there. It's in the stat book. I thought Burrow played okay. But in the second half, I don't I don't know if anyone could have, any quarterback could have really gotten anything going behind that O-line. The Bengals... If you want to go by pro football focus and how they grade out O-lines, the Bengals were 24 and a half. That was their their team pass blocking grade in the Super Bowl. That is the third worst by any team this entire season. And it's true. Because outside of that 75-yard touchdown, as I told you guys, the Bengals had... Outside of that, they had 61 yards the rest of the entire second half. 
They couldn't get anything going. Anything. There was a stretch there between the Bengals and the Rams where there were seven consecutive punts. And that's the that's the part of the game where people said, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a, you know, not the best Super Bowl. Depends on how you look at it because both defenses were playing really, really well. On one hand, you could say, well, Zach Taylor's a terrible play caller. Or you could say, Sean McVay, that was bad play call. What were they doing? Whenever the stakes are really high and you have a one-possession game in the Super Bowl and the game is not really decided until how much time was left on that fourth and one. It was less than a minute to go. The game still was undecided. Yeah. As far as prop bets, get to the full lines in a second. Lynn Burton, host of Rise of the Grind, he puts up a, a story every week on our website and he gets me and Charlie Long to give some bets for the weekend. Sports bets we think is going to hit. Didn't start out too great last week, but I had two prop bets I said you should bet on in the Super Bowl. Now, one was recommended to me by my guy Chris Lano. And the other, well, I said bet on the opening kickoff being a touchback and Matt Stafford having over two and a half carries. I think the touchback was minus 100. Stafford over two and a half carries plus 100. The first play of the game, McPherson touchback. The last play of the game, Stafford kneel down, three official rushes. I, the first and last play, I hit on the bets. And Lynn and Charlie, oh, they were making fun of me last week, man. Over the weekend, rather. They are like, really? A touchback, Scott? I'm like, hey, I need a win. 14 after the hour. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Manning and Newton. Have a good day. <clears throat> Manning and Newton. All right, so that is that is the correct answer, but I guess I'm wrong because there was another game with two starting SEC quarterbacks. And it involved involved Peyton Manning. So let me correct myself. That would be Peyton Manning and Rex Grossman. Oof. Peyton Manning and Rex Grossman. So it has happened three times by my account. Three times. Manning. Manning got, what, 247 yards at a touchdown in that game? That was a kind of a gross Super Bowl. Grossman was like 20 of 28, but had two picks. Really costly interceptions. It was raining. The best thing about that Super Bowl by far was the halftime show. It's probably the best halftime show there was. You can't beat Prince playing Purple Rain in the rain. But last night was a close second. So it has happened three times. Thank you. Manny Newton, Manny Grossman. Burrow, Stafford. Three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Speaking of Burrow, didn't have a lot to say after the game, <clears throat> but here's what he did say. Yeah, I mean they're they have a really good front. Um, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and, and Leonard Floyd are you know three of the best players in the league. You know, you do. We expected that they were going to get some pressure, so 
you know, they did a good job. They did a good job. Yo, looking back on this season, what are you gonna remember the most? You know, I was I watched the football life of of Kurt Warner. You know, last week when we had a little uh, little break, and you know, I kind of thought about this in the locker room, and when they they lost one, and you know. Later in, in within the documentary, they said, or he said that, you know, they they let it sting too much. They did, that they didn't celebrate what they accomplished. So, you know, we're gonna obviously it stings, but you know we had a great year. Didn't come out this last game the way we wanted to, but I think you know, we still have something to celebrate. Joe, when you were hopping off the field on one leg, really not much medical attention on the sideline. You kind of just went about your business. Were you just pushing it aside, saying I'm not dealing with this right now? Yeah, we were we get checked out after the game when we get back to Cincinnati, but I wasn't coming out. Joe, one twenty-five left. You've got two timeouts. Uh, field goal the first forces overtime. How frustrating is it that you get to midfield or close there and then you just couldn't get that next first down? Yeah, when we hit that first play, I thought we were going to go down and at least get a field goal to tie the game and send it into overtime. Uh, you know, you got, again, you got to give credit to them. They had you know, they. They played their tails off for those four plays and, and stopped us on third and one and, and fourth and one. So, you know, credit to them. You know, the last play, what were you trying to do? It was just to what? Kind of escape with your life and get, get the ball out? What? Try to do anything you can to, to complete the ball. Um, you know, I was disappointed in my performance overall. I thought I could have played better, give us a better chance to win. But, you know, you live and you learn. Playoff run and even the performance today is the start of something for you. Yeah, I think you know it's going to propel us into next year. We're going to have a really good off season. I know, our, you know we have a lot of hard workers in that locker room that are going to attack this off season like they did last year. You know, obviously we're not we're not satisfied with what we did this year. We're going to keep getting better and attack next year with the same intensity. I'm sorry, Ben. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. You talked a lot about the Toledo Central loss. How does this one compare to that one? Yeah, I mean, you lose a state championship, Super Bowl. Obviously, different media coverage, but it feels the same to me. You know, we just have to let it fuel us. And you know, like I said earlier, we're gonna. You know, I'm gonna at least celebrate what we did this year. You know, we had a really good year. You know, like I said, this. This game didn't turn out the way we wanted to, but you know I'm I'm still going to celebrate with the guys and, and reminisce on the season that we had. There is Joe Burrow, some of what he had to say following last night's game. ESPN Lafayette had the best ticket in sports. Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP. He was big. Statistically, the season that he had, when you include the postseason, it was, I mean, hard to top Calvin Johnson's season with the Lions where he just had an obscene amount of yards, and it was the Lions. And, hey, what did it have in common? You had Matt Stafford throwing the ball. But through 21 games, when you include the postseason, Dude had 178 receptions, 2,425 yards, and 22 touchdowns. 
And on that final scoring drive for the Rams, the fourth and one rush, the catches. I mean, I, I know that it's not as simple as, you know, all right, let's make sure this guy's covering Cooper Cup and that you got to mix something up and you got to do a lot of things defensively. But with OBG out of the game, under no circumstance should Cincinnati have Eli Apple on Cooper Cup. The man coverage with a Super Bowl on the line. Eli Apple has been the nearest defender on three touchdowns this postseason, which, by the way, ties a record for most of any individual defender in the postseason. Mike Hughes was uh, the other for the Chiefs. He was the nearest defender on Cup's touchdown in the second quarter and the nearest defender on Cup's touchdown at the end of the game. Check that. Actually, it was uh, Eli was the nearest defender on four touchdowns this postseason. So he actually set the record last night at the end of that one. And the amount of players around the league who have come out and are roasting Eli Apple. He calls out the city of New York, the city of New Orleans. He calls out players, and you've got guys from every team. I mean, even Michael Thomas, his former teammate at Ohio State and the Saints, is like, yeah, Eli's about to Eli, y'all. Sometimes it's best to just stay quiet and not say anything. Even when the going's good. Emmanuel Acho had maybe the tweet of the night at the end of the game. And Apple has ruined this many lives since the Garden of Eden. Yeah. 22 after the hour. A couple of other interesting stats for you. Just how dominant was Aaron Donald? I give you the stat that really says it all. It is, if you wanted to give him the Super Bowl MVP, I, 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 I would have been good with that. Because Cooper Cup was awesome, especially on that last drive. But Aaron Donald was awesome the entire second half. Not just awesome, completely dominant. And on that fourth and one to end the game, he got pressure on Joe Burrow 2.2 seconds after the snap. Pass incomplete. Aaron pops up, says, ring me. And there the Rams are in their own stadium. They just assured themselves of the Super Bowl. And here's, here's, the, here's the, the, the crowd going crazy. Yay. Cool. Oh wow! Look at that. You know those to the to the to the citizens of Los Angeles and the greater LA area. They're going to celebrate that Super Bowl for a few more hours. Then they'll just complain about LeBron and the Lakers. It's just how it is in LA. For the few Rams fans out there, including Melvin, who is a longtime Rams fan who listens to this station, happy for him. Congrats to him. Happy for Raymond Kale. Happy for him. A couple of telling stats when it comes to Aaron Donald and some surprising ones when it comes to Jalen Ramsey. All that more coming up next, plus Matt Stafford's post-game comments. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll be right back. the 
one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. While the team's giving all they got against the opponent, he's giving all he's got on the airwaves. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette. The best ESPN Live, if you had the best ticket in sports, some sounds from the Pepsi halftime show last night. We'll uh, have a little bit more of that for you in uh, in just a second. But halftime show for the most part, a lot of what I saw. I, I Honestly, I said Friday, I said, man, just go to social media during the halftime show and it's probably just going to be an overwhelming mix of, oh, it's the best and it's bad. Mm, more of... Uh, yeah, sure. A few people like, I don't get it. What's the point? A whole lot of positives there. A whole lot of positives, to be honest. It was like everyone born between like 19, I don't know, 80 and 1995 were like, sweet. This is, this is it. Like 12 years ago, it was the who. It was, you know, I mean, you had the Rolling Stones, you had Paul McCartney. Now you're at a time where they're like, okay, Gen X, you're up. Older millennials, older millennials, you're up. Gen Z, sorry, we don't have much for you. I don't know who's going to play next year, but in, in Glendale or the year after in Vegas or even the year after that in New Orleans. But that was a fun show last night at halftime. That was a fun show. Not a fun show if you were on the Bengals' offensive line. See, like Aaron Donald, you could look at it and say, oh, he had two sacks, he had three quarterback hits. Or you could watch the game and realize he was unblockable. The Rams had seven sacks in the game, and he was only solely responsible for two of them. But really, if you wanted to add like a sack assist, give a hockey assist when it comes to the sack category and Aaron Donald is your guy. 
I mean, dominating opened the door for all of those other ones for The Bengals had a pro football focus grade blocking of 24 and a half, which was the third lowest in the NFL this entire season. And it happened in the Super Bowl. And they still almost won. But they didn't. And that was the biggest reason why. He had seven pressures, the most on the team. He had two sacks on 40 pass rushes. Next-gen stats had his pressure rate at 17.5%. His, the Rams' defense, 41.5% pressure rate, the highest of their season. 17.1% sack rate, the highest this season. Ultimately, the game was close, and we could point to a lot of different areas of, well, this happened and that happened, and the, 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 the PI call and the non-OPI call and Joe Mixon's trick play and OBJ and Cooper Cup and all this other stuff. Going into the game, the big mismatch across the board was the Rams' D-line against the Bengals' O-line, and it showed last night. Now, there were some other things that were surprising, right? The Bengals' defense was giving up the most yards per carry in the postseason. And then they shut down the Rams' run. The Rams couldn't run for anything. They kept trying to do it in the second half, and it wasn't working. And they had three consecutive three-and-outs. There were some surprises here and there. But ultimately, the thing that wasn't a surprise is that the Rams' D-line owned the Bengals' O-line. And most people that picked the Rams to win, that's what they were pointing to. And ultimately, it was the biggest difference maker. If you look at each statistic, head-to-head throughout the game, the most lopsided area of the entire game was Rams' D-line versus Bengals', o- um, Bengals O-line. It's not even close. And it still went down. to the. It, it took 59 minutes and 17 seconds until the game was done. And the game was ultimately won on a play by Aaron Donald, which the play before, by the way, he's the one that tackled P. Ryan short of the first down. I get it. He's your blocking running back. You're trying to be a little elusive. Zach Taylor, you get him in. Let's just run the ball with P. Ryan here on third and one. Yeah, not so great. Could Mixon have gotten the first down? Yeah, possibly. Probably. Cincinnati only needed, they were in L.A. territory, albeit by a yard, but they were at the 49. All they needed, at the very least, was like eight, nine more yards, and McPherson's got the leg for it, and certainly they could have gotten closer than that, maybe gone down, but the way that offense was performing in the second half, it would have been awfully tough for them to win, even if it was in overtime. That thing had gone to overtime, their best chance to win was just to, to, to hope that Stafford turns it over or something which he did twice. Cincinnati won the turnover battle by two, and they still lost. They still lost. And the biggest reason why was the Rams' D-line, and in particular, Aaron Donald. I mean, one of his sacks stopped the potential Bengals' touchdown drive. Cincinnati gets the ball back after an interception. They convert on a fourth and one when Joe runs for it. There they are. They have a chance to go up two possessions, have all the momentum in the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald gets the sack since he settles for a field goal. Huge play. You had the 75-yard drive followed by an interception. If, If the Bengals scored two touchdowns in a matter of 
Six plays? Huh. Check that. I'm getting I'm getting it mixed up. One of Donald Sachs came early on the drive after the it was it was after the big Jamar Chase. Either way, my bad. I'm getting the drives mixed up as far as when Donald got the sack. He got his sack that stopped a Bengals touchdown drive and forced him to settle for a field goal. Which loomed pretty big later. Third and one at midfield. Samaje P. Ryan, boom, no gain. Fourth and one, which by the way, I mean, Aaron Donald was lined up in the neutral zone on that fourth and one by a lot. But he dominated. He dominated. How the Bengals somehow got to the Super Bowl with one of the worst O-lines in football is truly amazing. And it, yes, it, it should Joe Burrow should, whether you, 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 you love Joe and everything about him, whether you're sick of the Burrow narrative, whatever, I don't care. You have to respect the fact that his ability in the pocket to somehow lead a team to the Super Bowl with that O-line? What, who's the last team that won a Super Bowl with a bad O-line? I'll wait. They almost did it. They almost pulled it off. Burrow got hit 11 times. Cincinnati was 3 of 14 on, 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 on third downs. And caller pointed it out last hour. At this rate, Burrow won't last in the NFL with an O-line like that. The, the hits he takes, it won't work long term. It won't work. You can email me, Scott, at ESPNLafayette.com. You can also call 337-269-1077. Carl emails, Scott, what do you think the Super Bowl victory does for Odell Beckham Jr. in the conversation around him? I think whether they won or lost, I I think a lot of people saw that Beckham took a lot of heat with the Browns, and it's the Browns, and the Browns really deserve the heat. And Beckham, even though he got hurt in the second quarter, which was a very big injury, I mean, he had the touchdown. He had big plays. He was a difference maker. He is a big reason why the Rams are Super Bowl champions. Scored the first touch, the first points of the game. And it hurt the Rams' offense when he went out. And I'm sure that the injury is going to hurt him in regards to his next contract. But I think the narrative around Beckham had probably changed by the time last week rolled around in terms of like, oh, was he the big problem in Cleveland? Yeah. It's the Browns. It's Baker Mayfield. Come on. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. What's up, Scott? What's happening? Oh, not too much. So, you know, I had a couple of takeaways. And, and, you know, me and you've talked over the years, and you know how I feel about defense versus offense and how the NFL generally perceives, you know, great players, MVP players, our quarterbacks. You know, a guy like Cooper Cup probably should have been the MVP of the NFL, in my opinion, and would have been the Super Bowl MVP. But he's not a quarterback. And when I was listening to you talk a minute ago, talking about Aaron Donald, you know, and and how great he was, you know, um, but why wasn't he considered for the Super Bowl MVP? 
I think he but was. I, I think I think he was considered. I mean, I think he just. I mean, he he lost out. Probably. I don't know what the voting was. It was probably pretty close. Um, and if it's, I need to do a little more research on that Tennessee because if it's, I don't. I I've never been in a press box for the Super Bowl. I know that for like yeah. a national title game or a bowl game, um, you know, if it's a, a tournament in other sports. When they when they ask the media to vote on MVP or most outstanding player, they usually hand those things out and like you've it's usually like late in the game. Like late in the fourth quarter. The game's not even over yet, right? I don't know oh, if that's okay. I don't yeah. I don't know if that's what they do with the Super Bowl. Um and usually it might be okay, winning team or losing team. I don't know if they wait till the whole thing's done. But there's so much <laughs> Yeah, they might change their vote if they wait yeah, to Correct. And there's just so much like um I don't know at the Super Bowl, like no, post game. It's, 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 it's just it's just right? yeah, it's like, like it's like pandemonium down there. So like I I almost get why they have to do it sometimes, right? So I'll have to do a little more research on that. But if it's if it's the way that a lot of other sporting events do it, then it's possible those votes came in before Cincinnati's, you know, final possession. Yeah. It just seems like it's more number driven than it, it used to be. I mean, you made you made the smartest point I've heard on any talk show this morning. When they were talking about the overall number of sacks in the game and how many he uh Aaron Donald was responsible for two of them, but that if you know football and you watch football, that's not telling the whole story at all. And it's not even telling the story of plays that weren't sacked or pressures, you know, um, because really the Rams didn't start tallying up sacks till in the second half, you know, but it doesn't mean they weren't putting pressure in the first half, you know, and I think, look, Cooper Cup, ridiculous season, definitely deserved the MVP if if you want to give it to him because he made – Clutch catch after clutch catch on the long, on the drive that mattered the most without Odell on the field, but the dude that impacted that football game more than any other football player was Aaron Donald, and he should have won the MVP. But I enjoy uh, what you were saying though about cause and effect because he, he just he just I don't I don't even know how you handle that dude on the inside, but. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Always enjoy your show, Scotty. Appreciate it, Tennessee. He was uh, he was amazing. And no, I don't think he's going to retire. I think that was teased a lot. He McVay Super Bowl storylines. Like no, no. Might get a little more money. But they ain't retiring. Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, I would. I would. I would think he's probably going to retire. Good way to go out, too. ESPN Lafayette, uh, welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Hey, I like to agree with the last caller. I saw a post last night where someone said Aaron Donald didn't do a whole lot. But if you understand D-line play, you know if you're occupying two double teams or if you're occupying three people, then you've done your job because there's the nine other people that's free to roam and make plays. So I think that's kind of lost a lot. How, how could somebody watch that game and think he didn't do a lot? They must be young and just play fantasy football. They must be totally just stats offense driven, which by the way, his two sacks and three quarterback hits, that's a pretty good stat line to begin with, but it doesn't even come close to telling the story. Like two sacks, three QB hits, 
uh, the tackle on P. Ryan late in the game, right, that, that set up the fourth and one, like all of that stuff does show up in the stats. And and he's double teamed the vast majority of the time. And he plays on the inside, not the outside when it comes to sack. Even if you only looked at the basic stats in a box score, I don't see how you could say something that ridiculous. But if you actually watch the game, as you said, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's probably, there's a lot of dumb stuff on social media. That might have actually been the dumbest tweet of the Super Bowl last night. Oh, you hung up. I didn't hang up on you. We lost you there. Yeah, I, what? Didn't do much? ESPN Lafayette, good morning. Welcome to the show. Well, I read where the Bengals are $60 million under the cap. Do they have any key free agents that they're going to have to spend most of that money on to keep them on the team? Or can they just go out and get you know, some, uh, some offensive linemen to help uh, uh, deal with them? I'm going to hang up and listen. I think, I think Cincinnati needs to do whatever they can to get old linemen. If, if I look, they last last draft they got criticized for not taking Penny Sewell and drafting Jamar Chase. It worked out pretty good for him. Jamar Chase, rookie of the year, he had a great season. Um, you know, they have to address the O line. Joe Burrow will not survive long term if they don't, and I think they will. Now, are they going to go out and in in you know, make some giant signing or trade for one of the best O-linemen in football? No. No, that's just not what they do. Mike Brown, I mean, the, the Bengals, they, they run things differently than, you know, Stan Cranky and, I, I know Cronky, I call him Cranky. Can't even address the city of St. Louis or the greatest show on turf or anything last night, but I, um, they're going to spend money, but they're never going to be the biggest spender in free agency. The highest paid player on the Rams was Matt Stafford, like 140 mil or something. The highest, play, the highest paid player on the Bengals is Trey Hendrickson at $60 million. Just a vast difference. You know, NBC pointed out last night during the broadcast, the Bengals, they had a lot of free agents they signed on defense that were difference makers, that were good, but none of those guys were the highest prized free agent. None of those guys were via trade. Said this last hour, like they're, they're going to go, they're never, they're going to go into a, a if, if they're going to a car dealership, they're not buying the cheapest used car that has, you know, 200 plus thousand miles on it. And they're not buying the brand new vehicle in free agency. That's top of the line, four wheel drive, fancy, all the bells and whistles. I'm going to cost you a lot. That's not what they do. They're going to get you something in between. Affordable and efficient. That's how Cincinnati spends money. And affordable and efficient would be a vast upgrade to what they have on that old line right now because those are just some old Pacers and Pintos. And as beat up as Pacers and Pintos are, they're going to turn Joe Burrow from a Porsche into an old beat-up Pinto the way that they're blocking right now. Highest pressure rate of the season for the Rams last night. Yes, it came in a big moment, but it also came against a weak O-line. It's still amazing to me. Credit to Cincinnati. I, they were that close to winning a Super Bowl with that O-line. That close. 337-269-1077. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Morning, Scott. How you doing? Good. What's up? Um, 
Have you heard from your buddy today? Which one? Mr. Mr. Cooper Cup. <laughs> oh and no! The number of we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll talk to we'll talk to Norm on on Thursday. I'm sure he will. Uh, I'm sure he'll wiggle his way out of it. But as expected, Cooper Cup was uh, he played great, especially in the big moments. And you know, without him, they're they're not even coming. They're not even coming close to stiff in a Super Bowl. So the stars the stars so played last night, and 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 Cooper Cup and, and Aaron Donald are are the stars. They're the best player on the Rams, and they played like it in the biggest moment. Okay, so he'll be on Thursday because I'm going to listen in for that, right? Thursday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have some fun. Uh, okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. It was a nice, nice little debate we had. Odell was good, but when he went down... Uh, again, I, I, how, how are you allowing Eli Apple... to guard Cooper Cup one-on-one. Man coverage, no help with the Super Bowl on the line. I would say it's a fireable offense, but Cincinnati's defense played well for the most part, with the exception of Eli Apple. But the Rams had 82% pass rush win rate versus the Bengals. They won their battles at the line of scrimmage on passing plays 82% of the time. Via ESPN Next Gen stats, they allowed seven sacks. Bro was hit 11 times. By the way, that is the highest by any team this entire season. Entire season. And Cincinnati still almost won the game. Now, they had to win the turnover battle by two. They had to have a nice, long touchdown, a big play, which they got. That could have been OPI. The ref didn't see it. Didn't have a great angle on it, for the record. But they almost won the Super Bowl going up against the D-line that had an 82% pass rush win rate. That's nuts to me. Honestly... When you see stuff like that, when you see numbers like that, the Rams should have ran away with it, and they had to they had to scratch and claw and didn't win until there was less than a minute left on the clock. Joe. Joe's hurting, man. I don't know what happened to his knee. He didn't want trainers to look at it. He wasn't coming out the game, but good Lord. Better go invest in an O-line. And Cincinnati again, they will spend money, but they're not they're not going out. They're not gonna break the bank. They're not. They're not. Now the Super Bowl is over, okay? Everybody can go back to their regular team. Everybody go back to your regular team. Super Bowl is over. We have two hundred and six days till next season kicks off. Uh shout out Raymond Kale. He's a world champion. Former Raging Cajun, former Cecilia Bulldog. By way of Bro Bridge. On IR, but a Super Bowl champ. He tweeted as much, too. Good for him. Good for him. This week on the Great Scott Show. We got plenty of coaches for you this week. Coaches Broadhead and Marlin, Coach uh, Glasgow, Raging Cajun Softball. We'll dig into that tomorrow. The hell of an opening weekend. Talk about domination. My goodness. 
Coach Matt Deggs, Rage of Cajun Baseball, they're up. Season, first pitch, this Friday. It's going to be awesome. It's time to shift gears because it's here. Not only does it start Friday, I'm telling you guys, starting against UC Irvine, one of the better teams in the country, at Russo Park, let's go. Let's go. So we'll have conversations with Matt Deggs uh, this week as well. Looking forward to it. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for tuning in. The football season is in the books. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl halftime show. This ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It's the one and only D-R-E. Jack and Dre, you little busters. You know I'm right with the D-R-E-O-G. West Coast makes some noise. Everybody to the wild, wild west. A stick that's a touch of like Elliot Ness. The track is your eardrum like a slug to your chest. Pack a vest for your Jimmy in the city of sex. We in that sunshine state where the bomb ass can't be. A place where you never find a dead slow.